Nadir, I um, wanted to talk to you about this yesterday, but of course, still not too late. The Mercer survey with regard to global cities and the cost of living. Yeah, Sakina, I mean, there's obviously been a lot of negative news about South Africa recently. Uh, you know, we're bearing a lot of the increasing costs in terms of electricity, in terms of water. Our cost of living is going up. Inflation is a problem. The Reserve Bank is raising interest rates. But, uh, you know, this is a positive story. And I think uh, we'll do well to remember our quality of living in South Africa the next time we want to complain. I mean, uh, if we look at the, the, it, it, the basically the survey has ranked um, 250 cities globally in terms of the cost of living. And they measure cost of living by various measures. So it's the cost of fuel, um, you know, the cost of basic food, the cost of various beverages. Um, the cost of the cost of living in terms of uh, rental of, of of both apartments as well as two and three bedroom houses. So it's a fairly extensive study that takes into account um, a number of costs which you'd endure in your day to day life. And uh, if we look at the survey, quite interestingly, of the ten uh, cheapest cities in the world to live. Um, the, the seven of those ten cities are located in Africa, with the cheapest city in the world, where, which has the lowest cost of living, uh, rated as Vintuk in Namibia, just up there, just our neighbours a little bit further north. Um, but Johannesburg and Cape Town also in the top ten cheapest cities in the world to live. So, you know, Johannesburg coming in at number five, Cape Town coming in at number seven, and then on the opposite end of the spectrum, the most expensive cities to live in, in the world. Quite interestingly, uh, Luanda in, in 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 Angola it comes in at number two, which is a very expensive mm. city to live in. Um, you know, it's only Hong Kong topping Luanda. So, quite an interesting survey, Sakina. So, the next time we want to complain about the cost of living in Johannesburg and uh, Cape Town, we'll be well advised to uh, feel some pain for our, for our African counterparts in Luanda and some of our Asian counterparts in um, the likes of Hong Kong, Beijing, Shanghai, etc. So we know where not to go. And <laughs> so S&P has downgraded the UK's credit rating. Let's talk about that. Yeah, Sakina, so, I mean, so, so if we look at this, the primary reason for the downgrade, um, you know, as everybody ex- expected, is all the uncertainty that the Brexit vote uh, brings. And, you know, it seems like we can't ex- escape Brexit uh, for the last four or five days or so. But uh, the reality of the situation is that uh, we don't know what policy changes this is going to bring about. Um, you know, leadership is not taking the bulls by the horn, and there's been a fundamental lack of it in the UK ever since uh, the Brexit uh, vote results have, have come out and the referendum was um, in favour of leaving the EU. So in light of this, you know, we've got to also remember that the, at the end of the day, the UK runs a 7% current account deficit. That's a massive deficit. And they're obviously dependent on uh, a lot of financial inflows in terms of inflows into the bond market and inflows into the equity market and um, the, the trade in terms of financial trade in order to balance that current account deficit. Now, uh, you know, exiting the EU, there's a lot of talk about, uh, you know, are they still going to attract as much financial inflows? You know, we've got to remember, like, anecdotally, a third of uh, total European, uh, euro-denominated derivative trade flowed through London during the year of 2015. I mean, that's a massive number. And whether um, they're still going to have those passporting rights and, um, you know, those financial institutions can still trade uh, quite freely in terms of euro-denominated derivatives now that the UK has voted to leave the EU remains to be unseen. But at the very least, Akina, um, you know, this introduces uncertainty. Market and ratings agencies, uh, you know, are very, very, don't like uncertainty as we are very aware of, um, you know, in South Africa with just our, our ratings update coming out just the other day. Um, so at the end of the day, it's about reduced growth for 
uh, the, for the UK or reduce growth outlook for the UK because of the uncertainty Brexit brings. And, uh, you know, this is a reduced growth outlook on the back of uh, exceptionally high debt levels uh, with regards to debt to GDP in excess of 100%, um, as well as a 7% current account deficit. So, I mean, the impact on the market has been fairly muted. I mean, we still see a strong demand for UK yields with a yield firmly below 1% um, currently, and that's really on the back of a risk-off trade uh, because of, of, of the uncertainty that Brexit is causing. So hasn't had a, a ripple effect into the bond market as yet, but uh, quite interesting to note that the UK no longer holds a triple A plus um, rating status and is being downgraded to double A and more importantly kept on negative watch Sakina. So we could see further downgrades to come if certainty is not given around the EU uh, referendum and the exit. Mm-hmm. Interesting times there. And uh, Nadir, just very briefly, Old Mutual, that plan to split, what's the latest on that? Yeah, Sakina, so we saw an update on that yesterday, um, and, 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 and Old Mutual mentioned that they're firmly on track to split up into the four businesses by 2018, um, you know, the, by the end of 2018. So they've announced the plans with regards to um, you, you know, creating a holding company in South Africa to house old, uh, old mutual emerging markets, which is essentially the South African life assurance business. Um, and, and, and it will open, that business will also hold a minority strategic stake in, in, in Nedbank, with the majority of those Nedbank shares uh, being offloaded to shareholders on the share registry at the date that uh, the holding company for old mutual emerging markets is registered. So that's an update with regards to that. Um, old Mutual also mentioned that they currently have a 65% stake in Old Mutual Asset Management listed on the New York Stock Exchange, and they'll be strategically unwinding that by the end of 2018. Um, and they gave an update as well in terms of the headcount in the London office. And this is one of the primary uh, reasons touted to unlock value as, as, as a result of splitting the company into four separate units. So... I mean, if we, if, if we look at that, they've already reduced their headcount in the London office of full-time equivalent headcount uh, by approximately 15%. Um, and they mentioned that they're going to con- uh, continue to do so and continue to reduce their headcount. Um, that's going to reduce a lot of costs in the base for the parent company. And that was one of the key reasons for the splitting up of the four separate businesses in order to unlock value because, you know, that's costing old mutual in excess of 100 million rand every single year um, you know, just in servicing that office. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the closing of that office will save a lot of costs. Um, and they also gave an update with regards to the compensation for CEO Bruce Hempel. And, uh, you know, there, there, there was originally a plan to, uh, you know, give him a, a 1,000% bonus of his 2015 annual salary of around 900,000 pounds for managing the strategic breakup. And, uh, you know, it's not yet clear whether that's going to be approved at the AGM. And I think uh, the board of directors and the message from the shareholders is firmly that, well, we've got, they've got to see how the breakup of the, of, of the company to the four separate units go. And if that's managed smoothly and delivered on time, they can revisit that performance bonus to Bruce Hempel. So just a, a, a good update from the company, everything on track for the split-up. And, uh, you know, the market fundamentally likes the use of the split-up, although the share has been coming under some pressure as a result of, uh, you know, the UK listing and, 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 and the, the being caught up in the storm of Brexit. Well, Nadir, speak to you again tomorrow morning. Thanks so much for that update to our market analyst, Nadir Token, from 274 Investment Managers.